0: Go beyond just listening to this episode of The Ziegler Show and join me, Kevin Miller, and a group of aspiring people like yourself to dig into the topics and actually apply the messages to your life. Come to kevinmiller.co, get my drive formula for free and join the Driven to Live community. Coming up next on The Ziegler Show, I asked the Ziegler audience To make progress in your work, career, business, vocation, if you had a willing angel investor what investment or action would you put money toward? Well, Tom Ziegler and I talked through the listener comments and it was really insightful for us all to consider where we really feel the priority is for making progress in our work and business. The top three areas cited were marketing such as ad copy and social media, uh, physical resources like land and tools, and then people, staff, and team, and members. So stay tuned as we dig into real listener comments and talk about it even amongst ourselves. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. On The Ziggler Show, our focus is getting to the root of personal and business development by following the principles of Zig Ziglar and becoming the right type of person who can achieve all you desire in life. Well, here I bring today's most influential people onto the show and we take captive the core issues of human performance and have conversations about what really matters to our personal fulfillment. And if you want to go beyond mere listening and join a community of people devoted to making positive change in their life and work, come on over to kevinmiller.co. Join my Driven to Live community where we can talk about this episode and where you most need investment for your work and business progress. Um, looking at these categories, I'm going to start with resources and talk about that. So, a lot of people said if they had money available, an investment, a loan, whatever, where would they put it? And a good, actually, the majority, just by a, a tad, said, res, I, I say, I'm going to call it resources. So, Jason Smith, he says, a properly powered and sized shop with which to do my work in. I know Jason, I've got some of his, I'll call it uh, functional metal art work, but he does a lot of stuff, man. The guy can weld and fabricate stuff and, and uh, he, he's a whiz with a lot of stuff. So it would be a, a properly powered and sized shop. Uh, Tony Roy says a work van to haul all the tools that I need around for whatever it is he does. Uh, Don Peterson, buying the land I need to make his concept really take off. Uh, Don McCallum. I've, I've known Tom, or Don for a while and he makes guitars, which is really cool. He says, having my guitar designs manufactured at least on a limited run to see how they'd sell on a larger scale. And, you know, some of that, Tom, I wanted to if, can we expand on that? I think a lot of times we see things one way. I'll never forget a guy who was really, he was a, he was a fitness instructor or something like that. And, or he wanted to be maybe that was his, that was his jam, but he wanted to be, but he says, man, I just don't know how I'm ever going to afford a gym. And what hit me at that point as many years ago is that he only saw the opportunity that way, one way. Uh, so I'm not pushing back on these guys at all, but I'm saying, is that resource what you most need? Is there a different way to get the resource and flat out having the money? Or is that resource what you really need? Is there a way, what is the ultimate goal? And is there another way to achieve it? I have fun looking at ideas and opportunities around that. But my gosh, and all the consulting that you do, Tom, with people, I think we often see, gosh, I need this resource for my business or my job or whatever. And I just need the money to get it. And we see it that narrow way.
1: Yeah, that's that's really, really common is to, you know, it's almost like uh, I've got to get the complete set before I can start. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter what the complete set means. It means in our business, it means, gosh, I got to get the website done. I got to get all of the professional photographs taken. I've got to get my book uh, published. I've got to. And so what they're really saying is I've got to make everything perfect, right. Before I can go out and, and create and build my business. And then I, and I just got off a a call with uh, kind of the opposite Um, a guy who was a good friend of mine. His name is Michael Norton. He was the president of Ziegler. And whenever he goes in on consulting, it's like, what do you want? And it literally doesn't matter what they say. (laughs) He says, yeah, we can do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then he makes the sale. Right. And because he's got confidence in his, uh, his team, his experience, his ability to make it happen. Uh, And I remember listening to a Dave Ramsey program and the question was, "Hey, my business is growing, and I want to know. I just got this big job, and it's going to be a ten thousand dollar job. And to, to the piece of equipment that I need to do the job, I can go and buy it for twenty thousand, or I can rent it for two thousand. It seems like such a waste to to rent it, right, for this one job when I can just buy it." And so, of course, Ramsey said, you got to rent it, right? Until you can pay cash for it, you don't go into debt. Yeah. Right. And, and, and rent it. And, and because people overvalue what ownership in that situation does. Because now when you own it, you've got maintenance. And if something breaks, you're responsible for it and all those different things. And so, and so to me, this is more of a mindset challenge than it is an investment in a product or service. And so another way to look at it is somebody says, hey, here's $20,000 to do whatever you want to do your business. What does the answer look like? Because we think that, gosh, I need a new website or I need the new marketing copy or I need the new tools in my toolbox to go and do it. Um but if he, somebody just said, what's the best way to use your $20,000, what would you do? Yeah. And a lot of times it's it's 10 different things, yeah. right? It's, it's 10 different things. Um, I had a guy who's starting a studio for audiobook recording and music recording. And he was like, you know, I know I need to, to equip my different rooms so they can be full on studio base. How do I do that? And he's like really contemplating putting it on a credit card. And what do you, you know, he said, what do you think? And I said, I think you've got an amazing setup right now. And as soon as you sell a big job, look on Craigslist and eBay and your network and studios that, you know, have been hurt by the pandemic and call them up and say, Hey, do you have something I can rent or buy from you <laughs> that's yeah. not doing you any good? It's like, I hadn't thought of it that way. And so that's the entrepreneurial side of the the mindset should be, what is, what do we need to deliver the best thing? And what's the best way to get it? Yeah. Not, I can't deliver the best thing until I have everything I need. Yeah.
0: And I, I love looking at it like that, Tom, looking at it from all different angles and questioning uh, that, you know, and with these folks, it may be that that is what they need. I mean, there's no great solution other than the money to afford X. And if that's the case, then, then how can we brainstorm? What are some ways you can go make an extra 20 grand? Is there something crazy you could do in 30 days, 90 days this year, whatever uh, not crazy, but just outside of your box uh, to get that money. But then, yeah, I really enjoy looking at the other opportunities to get over those real or perceived obstacles. Uh, you know, I, I'm up here in a mountain town, and they there's a lot of building, a lot of natural wood building, and lumber is in short supply and it's expensive. And I realize I have a wood mill. What a great opportunity. Now, it'd be a great one for my sons. They're both a little young, um, or both. I've got four sons, but the two that I've got at home that are that age are, are a little young. But there's somebody out there that probably realizes that. My gosh, man, you could make a killing with a wood mill right now. You know, we can get a permit and cut down trees for, for near nothing out here in the national forest around us. And if I only had a wood mill, man, I, I need six grand. Well, I've got one sitting there that somebody is absolutely, uh, you could knock yourself out. Use it no cost whatsoever. Just give me some wood. I just want some wood to do my projects. I don't like the milling part. And I thought about putting an ad out for that, but you know, there it is. There's a, a, an opportunity, but nobody you know, tends to think down that road. But to brainstorm these things, I'm looking at uh, Don, you know, having a, gu- a guitar design manufactured. Is there a guitar manufacturer or uh, an independent out there? who he could offer, hey, I will design a guitar for you. You use it. You use your resources. I just want the credit for having designed something that sold this much. I can use that and maybe I can get uh, uh, you know a loan from my bank if I need to, or I can get somebody else to invest ahead of time for a certain run and I can use the money for the manufacturing. What are some outside the box opportunities? Don Peterson buying land. Man, that one is a Consummate one where I see people who feel, you know, a calling and that needs X amount of land. Man, there's so much land out there that's owned by people that's sitting dormant that could be leased. Uh, you know, how many people? And I'm not picking on anyone. There's always exceptions and, and whatever. But you know, the next, I always am questioning a little bit the next big church that I see built. When we've got other ones, it's a church that went kaput and it's just sitting there empty or it's a warehouse that's been sitting there f- vacant forever that couldn't we use that thing for pennies on the dollars. And I've seen some people do great things. I remember a church in Nashville that was using a YMCA a uh, room on an off day and they used it until they were busting at the seams, but they vowed they will not build until they have the cash to build it, you know, to build their new building. Of course i still wonder did they really need to do a new building could you not do it elsewhere either way you know we just the, the idea of looking at the resources and are there other ways to do it besides the one avenue we often see we can take that time into the next category people and a lot of that that's where i would put money more money all the time as people at this point david treese says hiring staff getting a larger office uh, Faye Bryant, team members to do the things that I, ha- she has in quotes, have to do instead of that I want to do a bookkeeper, a social uh, media manager, even a maid, you know, would be nice there. There you're getting into Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. You know, what can you uh, delegate? That book was made famous, what, 20 years ago. I don't, I don't even remember at this point. And yet how many people do any of us know, including ourselves who really delegate that much? majority of us still just do stuff on our own. And I'm prone to as well. It takes time. You got to think about how to delegate. Do you have the money? Even though you think maybe if I did that, I could make more money with the saved time, but it's still, uh, in my experience again, with myself and with so many people, so many peers, still a hard thing for people to really develop a team that takes care of things so that they can do what only they are best at. I remember your testimony, Tom, not that long ago of getting help and guidance. I think you were, you know, doing some, cons- or getting some uh, guidance from uh, Howard Partridge and, you know, looking at how can we get Tom doing what he is best at and divest you of some of the other things. I remember you, you were kind of a, on a high a, f- a handful of years ago on g- almost giddy it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get to do <clears throat> what I do best.
1: Yeah, and Howard, and, and, and for everybody listening, um, this is a very simple organizational chart. If you have your own business or you're thinking about starting your own business, you can just put this chart together. It's, it's pretty amazing. And it will show you the plan uh, in this area. So there's four areas in a business. There's five areas in a business. Leadership, which is you as the owner, right? But there's four areas that that you have to do sales, marketing, operations and administration. And then there's three levels in each one of those areas. So in sales, there's directing, (laughs) that's the strategy, the plan, this is what we're doing. There's managing, which is if you have people underneath there, uh, that manager's managing those people, making sure the systems are being run right, training and developing the people. And then the third level, the, the lower level is the doing. Right. It's the salesperson. So there's always directing, managing, and doing under these four areas. So that means there's 16 spots in a typical business, right? There's the there's the directing level of sales, marketing, operations, and administration. And there's the manager level of those four. And then there's the doing. Well, when you have your own business, you're doing all four, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing all four areas and you're doing all three levels. So so three times I guess that's 12, right? three levels times four areas, that's 12 jobs you've got. So which one do you get rid of first? The one that you're the worst at. (laughs) So, If you're naturally a sales type person with some marketing, you know, common sense, you probably don't want to be doing the books. You probably don't want to be doing, you know, the bookkeeping. So the administration side, you're going to outsource that. And so you look at replacing yourself in the areas that you're worst at while you continue to grow the areas that you're, that you're best in. Uh, and of course, if we just look at, at dollar per hour, as the owner, you make the highest dollar per hour in the business, right? That's, that's what you do. And then you outsource the lower dollar per hour thing. So that's the tactical process of how to go about doing it but this is another mindset issue. We have such a hard time paying somebody, even a small amount of money because we're worried about where all the money's going, knowing and not realizing identifying that we're giving up the opportunity to go create 10 times that on the inbound with uh, the right appropriate use of my time.
0: Uh, And I tend to vacillate on Not vacillate. I I feel like there's two pieces in there, and we mentioned them recently. In, gosh, I think it was a show we did together. But I have often worried that if I delegate X this task, let somebody else do it, they won't do it as well as I will. And time there have been many times when I have absolutely proven that that is the case. They did not do it as well as I do. However, it allowed me to do X Y Z that created so much value. It was worth this thing not being done exactly as well as I might've done it. But conversely, I've looked at things and felt overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, to hand, this thing off, it's so complex. It's so difficult because it was for me is going to cost so much and, and be, you know, and I don't know what, I'm going to get a great outcome. And I delegate it to somebody who's a rock star at it. And it takes them a 10th of the time. They do it so much better. The value is exponential as far as what we get, you know, from there. So it's really it's been such a helpful kind of the school of hard knocks for me, you know, of delegating. But yeah, it's interesting. You put that sales, marketing, operations, admin. That's the exact order that I am of my competency. It starts with sales, marketing is okay, operations not getting so good here, admin terrible, and that's where I put my staffing dollars. And, you know, of course we've all got the opportunity. Do we need to hire somebody part-time, full-time as an employee? Do we want to use an independent contractor? Uh, The consummate analogy I like to give is Dave Ramsey and my dad, Dan Miller, who were both buddies at the bottom of their, uh, of their, um, gosh, debacles years ago, and they built their businesses together very differently. Dave owns everything every, everybody's an employee. He does everything in house. He builds everything in house. My dad's the exact opposite, hardly has any employees and just has this whole sea of independent contractors because he doesn't like managing people. And Dave, you know, really enjoys that. It's it's a great example of great success on both sides. You figure out your secret sauce. All right, then marketing. That was the next category. Ben Kaiser he says marketing and ad copy. I'm amazed at how much ad copy has evolved over the years. Trey Ryder definitely marketing and social media content creation. Guy Williams social media content creation, specifically video production, uh, and just outsourcing. know in general when we look at marketing it seems like i mean you know that tom as business people we often think man that's what we most need is marketing uh so i want to hit a couple highlights there and and i'll tell you the first one is i often feel like we think we need marketing when we need to spend more we need to make sure first that what we are marketing people to come to is going to hold water i love to just pull the trigger on things, man. I love to go out there and just announce something and drive people. I'm really good at that. And I've done it so many times. It's painful that I've driven them to something that doesn't convert. Uh, and so now I have minimized marketing in my mind because that's not as difficult to do as making sure I convert what I get. So I, I'm just going to throw that out there as everybody who thinks, man, I need marketing and marketing. Just have you done the test? Make sure. And I would say, do, do, do a little bit of marketing and make sure that what you've got is going to convert people who come there. Cause it is so painful. And I have the scars to drive a thousand people to a website that converts one person. That hurts. What a waste. And it's so hard to go back and get them to come back again when you missed them the first time. Uh, so that one is paramount to me so i, I would just Tom, i would question everybody who wants marketing do they know that what they're marketing to is going to convert well i trust this show has you thinking more clearly on where your work or business pursuits need priority investment and help if you want to join us again in this discussion Talk about it for you personally. Come on over to kevinmiller.co. Join our Driven to Live community where we take these podcast discussions and band together to help apply the objectives to our individual lives.
1: One of the things that I know from the way we market is uh, from the moment somebody raises their hand with an interest, every second that goes by before they say yes is an increased likelihood they're gonna say no, that they're just gonna disappear. Yeah. And I see a lot of people putting together big marketing plans, but they don't have an immediate action-oriented follow-up process to get them while they're very interested and then have that meaningful conversation to help convert them and then learn, because the only way you learn what resonates somebody from interest to, to uh, buyer, to happy customer, is the relationship that goes back and forth. The dance of the, you know, what is it that made you say yes? And what is it that's really hurting? And, and it's the nuance of all that. And then people who spend a lot of money but don't have the mechanism to track what's going on. And I'll give you a case of point. Our our email service provider went through some issues a couple of weeks ago, and we had to clean all of our lists because of some things that were going on. But as I suspected, it wasn't just us. It was everybody they were supporting. And then all of a sudden, we do a webinar on Friday, and we had 254 people register and 15 of them show up. Um, and when you pay a lot of money, that hurts, right? But, and so we're digging into it. Why, you know, did did the follow-up emails break down? You know, what is it? Because it's never 100%. It's usually 20 to 30%. It's a good show-up rate for a free webinar for us. But the point is, is we knew immediately, uh, hey, (laughs) something's amiss here. And there's a lot of people who will, Put in a marketing plan and just spend the dollars, and not be able to track back what's a what's miss. Yeah. So it, it it wasn't the Facebook ad, it wasn't the landing page, it was the same one before. It wasn't the initial registration because that looked pretty good, pretty typical for us. So it has to do in the follow up, and so we're digging into that. and And that's it's it's great to write magical copy. Um, uh, that gets people on the site. But like you said, they gotta say yes once they get there.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And and then once they say yes, are they getting what they expected? Are they getting what they expected? I'll put a plug in for uh Jacob Salem, who does all of our Facebook marketing for us. He wrote a system. This is one of the first things he did a number of years ago. And it was a uh, a marketing system and he, people would opt into it and they would get a series of videos that would train them. And then at the end, it would it would say, hey, do you want the whole course? And then right there, it would say the course is X. And he had it built to where in his system, if they abandoned, so they would say, um, if they abandoned the card at that point, right, if they left the system at that point, he would get a text and he would call them. Hey, can you just help me out here? I know know you showed an interest. I know you, I can tell you watched the first three little short videos and then you wanted to see what the offer was and you clicked on it. And instead of hitting submit, you just left. Why is that? (laughs) And without fail, they all said the same thing. Hey, how did you know that I got that far and you called me right away. And he said, well, that's the system I teach. Do you want to buy the system? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's stout. And so it's very, but the, the point is, is that there, and, and this is just a total um, real recognition of where we are in the world. It is so noisy in the world that as soon as somebody changes the channel, they have forgotten what channel they were on, Yeah, right? I mean, it's just the reality. And so in this, in this piece of it, it is having a conversation with them as fast as possible to their peaked interest.
0: I, with this, I mean, really to what Ben said, I'm amazed at how much ad copy has evolved over the years. I, I, I used to call myself a marketing expert, Tom. And I'm knowledgeable and I, you know, as far as one-to-one sales and and conversion and a sales system and whatnot, I'm, I'm really good. And and at the, you know, end of the day with sales overall, um, converting someone, I'm good, but the marketing to get people's attention and to really drive them overall. Now I can do that here on a podcast, my, you know, my primary platform, but overall, I don't know. It, everything has evolved so much. Marketing is such a different game than when I started, which was on you know paper, advertisements and things like that, to going online. And now when people, I had somebody in my community to ta- ask about Google AdWords, asking for counsel. I said, man, I got nothing. And, and as a business owner today, I literally just turned to the experts. If I want social media marketing success, I turn not only to social media marketers, but I'll tend to turn to specifics. If you want to, if you, if you think YouTube's your jam, find somebody who kicks butt on YouTube. If it's Instagram, if it's LinkedIn, if it's Facebook, if it, you know, whatever it's going to be, I go to somebody specific uh, there because it is, it's so evolving and I can't keep up with, I got people constantly asking me about podcasting and podcast advertising. It, it's daily. I mean, it's, it's changing daily almost. So you've got to keep abreast. So you have to become a significant expert. Or hire the experts. And I think few people are able to amass much expertise unless that is your business. So, as you said to Jacob Salem, I mean, he knows Facebook. Uh, and I, even there, I would, I would tempt, I'd be tempted to say, and I I don't know for sure, but I'd be tempted to say, does he know, is he an expert in all of Facebook marketing? Probably not. If Facebook marketing is, is, is a mile wide, he has an expertise in a certain channel. So if you want that channel, go with him. If not, here's somebody else. So we're in the age of specialization and it's, it's necessary. Kind of like, I like to use the reference of doctors. None of us are going to say, I have one doctor for everything. They are an expert in any physical ailment. Really, so they can do eye surgery on you, foot surgery, take care of your cancer and uh and that next brain cyst that you've got i mean it, we would laugh, and yet we have still have a lot of people saying, "Hey, I can help you with marketing overall man i it's it is it's such an evolving thing, which on one hand is frustrating, it's complex, and yet it also opens the door for a lot of opportunity. it is changing, and if you do the right thing, you can make a great success. I mean, there's, there's a vast opportunity, but you got to do your homework. I like the doctor
1: analogy. I read an article this morning. Uh, they call it the uh, handoff medicine. And so with modern medicine, all the specialties uh, in insurance companies and the great game of insurance and making money on big pharma and medicine and all those things, you you have an issue and you go see your primary care and then they say, Oh, you know, you need to go and see so-and-so and, but your primary care is not even really a relationship anymore. It's no. just somebody that's a
0: necessary, you know, evil it's, often. it's,
1: it's like the local ER uh, doc. Right. And so then they refer you and they go, well, I don't know. They do the test. Well, that didn't show anything. Well, I'm going to refer you to this. And so here's what happens four or five times down the road you've seen five different places and you still don't know the answer and that's because you don't have a doctor who owns you the relationship and cares about you from the minute you walk in in your 30s with a young family until you retire right i mean there's just so 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 but business owners they make the same problem or the same the same challenge oh, I, I need Facebook marketing expertise, right? That's what I need. So I'm going to Google and find out who the best Facebook marketer is. And then they then they contact them and they say, hey, yeah, will you fix this for me. And they say, yeah, here's the plan. It's X and it's going to do Y. But here's the problem. They don't know any more about how, how this marketing is measured and how it works or what's positive and negative about it. So... A lot of times it doesn't get the results they want because they didn't take appropriate action in the right necessary places. And so here's the hybrid. This is the answer, I think, for almost every uh, business owner, uh, small business owner and, and person who's responsible for this kind of budget. And it's kind of what Jacob does with us. I think this is a commercial for Jacob. So Jacob <laughs> is listening. Uh, he says, Hey, here's the plan, blah, 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 blah but it's only gonna work if you do X, Y, and Z, here's why. And here's the measurement that we're gonna put it in play. And so he's, he, because he only wants, his whole business model is word of mouth reputation, right? It's it's star ratings, it's, it's customers who say, we've struggled and then we found his system and now it's working, but what Jacob does that is unique and what we should all mandate before we do business with somebody is he educates you on your part of the bargain, right? On Because he's got a lot of accounts and if something goes awry, uh, he'd much rather hear from us right away. Hey, can you check into what happened on that last thing? It doesn't smell right. Right. Which is what we did. And, and, and so we're, we're, we're digging into it. Just like Dave Ramsey talks about uh, with a financial planner, you you go find a financial planner and you say, put the plan together for me based on my needs. And then they recommend a bunch of stuff. And then you tell them, hey, I'm not investing in anything until I understand it. And if the financial planner doesn't want to spend the time educating you on what you're investing in, don't do it. Because here's number one rule, never invest in something you don't understand. Yeah right? That's like rule number one. And so, but a lot of times we think, oh, they're the professionals. So we abdicate our ownership responsibility. So it doesn't mean that I have to know everything that a financial planner does. No, it means that I have to understand what they're recommending for me.
0: Okay. And I would take that that goes right into a point I was going to make on. So you just said, never invest in what you don't understand for the most part. I would say the same thing about marketing. If you're out there with XYZ business and you're looking at marketing, you find one that fits you, first off, fits you and the demographic, uh, and is sustainable, something you can do. I just had this discussion with a coaching client. Uh, he's a coach and looking at, you know, as a personality, as an influencer you need to be putting out consistent content. You need to look that you're relevant and you're active. That is very important in this day and age. So are you going to do it, you know, on social media, a newsletter, a podcast? Where are you going to do it that fits you and the demographic? But in a sense, almost priority fits you. What can you do day in and day out that you're not going to get burnt out with? Um, I've had a lot of people wanting or, or not wanting, but saying that I would do well with video at this point, it's just it just is not my thing. It's just not, I'm not going to put it out there. I've had people say, man, every single day, I had somebody not long ago say, every single day, Kevin, you're out on a trail. You're at, you know, above 9,000 feet in a national forest and you're on a trail. Dude, take your phone and do some interesting tidbits from that. People, it's authentic. People would like, it. man, I, when I'm out there, I'm out there for me. I don't want to be thinking about work. I want to be, it's an, it's an escape, not from anything bad, but it's just my escape from a lot of things from, I'm just out there to commune with God and nature. And I just don't want to do it. Okay. That's valid. What will you do? Uh, I will put out podcasts, obviously. I mean, I'm doing that and that's a, an aspect of my writing. So, you know, what fits you and your demographic and then You do need to, as much as I say, hire experts, but you do need to do it to to understand it for the most part. Meaning if you're going to go after podcasting, you need to become a student of podcasting. If you're going to go after YouTube videos, become a student of videos and what attracts people and what's compelling uh, and do that. Now I say for the most part, because I'm sure there's always going to be exception. And I hope this is everybody that you find some channel and say, yeah, man, I got this guy doing Google ads and I'm making tons of money. I don't know how it works. Well, good on you. That's great. I would say generally that's the exception. I'm not saying don't go invest in that, but by far and large, Tom, you chime in, but by far and large, where I see people having the most success, kind of like what Randy James would say, what's the best exercise? Whatever you'll do every day. Just something that'll get you to move. Same thing. What's the best marketing? Doing something that you will do consistently, that you can sustain, fits you, fits the marketplace, and that you become fairly educated in. You've got some know-how uh, about. That's what I see, by far and large, that has the most success.
1: 100%. I mean, ever since the Ziegler show, gosh, what are we, year 12 now? Something like that. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, people... will. They'll contact you, they'll contact me, and they'll say, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. What do you think? Yeah, (laughs) And I tell them the very simple thing. Decide how often you want to do it, once a week, twice a week. Decide, and then stick to it for a year, no matter what. It's going to take you a year to get good at it. It's going to take you a year to find a rhythm. It's going to take you a year to figure out what your niche is and, and what your angle. I mean, it's all those things. So many because the things that really have uh, difference making capacity, they're worth doing uh, a little bit better every time, knowing that over the year it's going to grow into something nice. I was thinking about um, just a, a philosophy and I was thinking about our relationship with Howard Partridge and what's made him a super successful business person. And usually it just comes down to this. He's found an idea that he knows is solid. Knows is solid. And now he needs to figure out how to communicate it to people who, who would make a difference in their life. And so he goes and does it. He gives the best shot he can. And then he looks at everything and goes, what didn't work and what did work? Okay, I'm going to do it again. And the stuff that didn't work, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to try these new things. And so it's like this relentless. It's it's not a it's not for him. It's not a matter of, gosh, I got to have X by the end of this time period or I'm done. It's, golly, this this could make a difference in somebody's life. I'm just going to keep swinging until I figure out the combination where enough people show up to make it about val- a, a valid thing. Yeah. And and it's he hits he says. Howard will tell you he's I'm not a home run hitter, but I hit a lot of single singles.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And in this, and I want to reiterate, yeah, getting started. Don't kill good with, with perfect is so powerful. Be consistent and just put it out there. Um, Just to, you just got me thinking again, though, just to that aspect of becoming a student of it, though, you know, I'll see people now and I'll take podcasting as a muse. You can find companies that will set you up. They'll do Literally everything from the equipment to the hosting, to marketing, to everything. All you have to do is sit in front of the, the, the microphone and hit play. And you can do that and absolutely fail at it. I mean, you, to, to go, and, and I say that as somebody who's done it, go back. If you look at the early shows that I did. Um, I'm so sorry for everybody who had to sit through some of those, uh, you'll see testimonies or not testimonies, reviews on, on iTunes that say, man, the content was really great. Once Kevin got done rambling for eight minutes, (laughs) I I would, I just didn't know any better. I get on there and I talk about things and things that I thought were value, but people are going, Oh my gosh, would you just get to the person you're interviewing or get to the, you know, start the point. And of course today, how long does it take to get to the point of this show? About 0.5 seconds. Today's show is this, because that's what people want, to make that decision. Do they listen to it? And then in it, are you a good conversationalist? You know, can you uh, hold a conversation? Can you ask good questions? Can you be insightful? Can you, do it, you, know, can you say something on, a fly, on the fly? Can you listen to yourself and not do um, errs, likes, you knows? Can you uh, even pay attention to the cadence, which I struggle with as I start to get really fast when I get excited about something instead of doing the Zig Ziglar thing of making a point and sitting on it mm. for that profound effect. So you hear, you hear that and it's, man, it's the same. I know experts in YouTube. I know experts in Instagram. I mean, it's an art, maybe that's a good uh, marketing today is an art and each, Add, uh, avenue and category has multiple arts because you can look at instagram and i know people on there with a million followers who are doing it significantly different but they figured out the secret sauce in the way that they're doing it and it's not infinite but there's a there's a program there's a formula we should say uh there's a process that they have figured out that works so uh So all that came from people saying they would invest in marketing. We're saying if you're going to, then uh, here's some things to think about. Though in that, you know, marketing, there are a lot of ways to afford things these days if we'll think outside of the box. We tend to think, again, I've just got to have, I want to do some Facebook advertising, it's going to cost X amount. Do I have that much money or not? And I would say, man, look at some other opportunities. Look at people who have an audience there. How can you partner with them? How can you get some exposure from them? If you have a new podcast and you're thinking, man, how do I get a thousand downloads? How can you get exposure from somebody else who's getting 20,000 downloads you know, in a month or something like that? How can you do that? And uh, always opportunity to think outside the box and get creative and I would just ask people in all of these categories look at people who are doing similar businesses who are doing well ask them for ideas we did a show it's come up a couple of times with Mark Victor Hansen and his wife Crystal I don't know, or earlier this year, this is, you know, November, 2021. It was sometime earlier this year and it was on ask. That's the title of our book is ask the power of asking and, you know, to Bob Bodine, the power of who, who, you know, and to go ask them, man, I would, That's it's probably the number one thing I would do. Go ask for free advice. Be brave enough. Go ask for free advice. Email Tom Ziegler at T Ziegler at com and ask him for free <laughs> advice. You can do me K Miller at KevinMiller.co. Ask for free advice. There you go. Tom, brother, always insightful. Absolutely. Coming up in episode 949 of The Ziggler Show, I have a gift for you. Chances are likely you have read or are well aware, at least, of the book Tuesdays with Maury. It's sold tens of millions of copies and literally changed people's lives. Well, I have author Mitch Albom with me, and we spend some time talking about just the core issues of human transformation, and we get into his brand new book and the message therein. It's called The Stranger in the Lifeboat. It just hit weeks ago. It's already a bestseller. Uh, It's truly a profound episode, and I hope you can join us. Till then, here's to you and letting me walk with you. Thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.